0: Let's pray, though, right now. Loving Father, we thank you for walking through the flames with us, being there for us in uh, your own special way. And as we look at the topic of prayer today, um, guide us, open our minds to understanding, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So you're wondering about flames. I shared this with Pathfinders this week. Um, Gold melts at 1,943 degrees. 1,943 degrees. So there's this huge 90-foot statue of gold on the plain of Durham. And the king says, come and worship this statue of gold. I'm not going to be the head of gold. I'm going to be a whole statue of gold. So they had to melt down gold to build this statue. So those furnaces had to heat at least to 1,943 degrees in order to melt it. Down. 1943 degrees. Water boils at. And you can get burned pretty good with hot steam, right? And the king says, heat it seven times hotter. Wow, now you're at the surface of the sun if you could actually get it that hot. But it was hot enough to kill. The soldiers who were carrying the three Hebrews—they died, but the Hebrews were tossed into the fire. And uh, walking around, they went to Maui, right? They weren't phased by it. And what's cool is there's a fourth person that showed up in there. So this, this, the idea I shared with the pathfinders, which will hopefully resonate with us this morning as well, is there's a song, um, gospel song, southern gospel song, about he's still in the fire. And it's a little kid asking the mom the question, what happened to the fourth man in the fire when the three Hebrews came out? And mom is singing back in response, he's still in the fire. He's still in the fire. So whatever is happening in your world It feels like flames. Feels hot. It feels whatever. He's still there. He's still in the fire. I'm sure that well, we do know that these three Hebrews prayed a lot with their friend Daniel, and were probably praying on their way to the furnace. Um, how does prayer work? Here's some. um, Just you know, there's a lot you can learn. Now you have to sift through a lot, but I'm not going to provide something up here that's going to be totally whacked out theologically so um, but still don't just take my word for it if you want to learn more about prayer how to pray here's some good here's some good uh, resources online and um, you can also look at this book chapter eleven in fact, this book is available out front there on the table beside the small group book. We actually are going to have to get more Steps to Christ. So um, if they all disappear today, that will be fine. We'll order some more. There's Steps to Jesus, which is the same as Steps to Christ. It's just a little more con- modern language. Um, but great chapter, great read there. Prayer is essentially the cry of the heart. Remember we talked last week about God being our friend and he considering us to be his friend. And when you need um, something's heavy on your heart, you you call a friend. Say, would you pray for such and such? Would you hold my sister, my daughter, my whatever up in prayer? You call your friend and ask them to think of you throughout the day. Prayer is the cry of the heart. Think about um, Hagar in Genesis. If we had time, we'd go and look at the story. But she was being, well, she'd been used by Sarah and Abraham because they were trying to solve the, the blessing that God had given to them by their own means. And so she'd been used by them to produce an heir, which was not the blessed child. Okay, and so then Sarah gets jealous and she's abusing her, not being kind to her and um eventually she runs away with baby Ishmael and she's out in the desert and it says an angel of the lord showed up i think this is fascinating how many of you have had silent prayers before it's just so painful you don't want to just speak it out you don't it's just your heart is heavy and you're feeling Burden so much so that really the only thing you can do is cry. And here is Hagar out in the desert with her baby. Angel of the Lord shows up and says, why are you here? And then she articulates why she's there. It's a fascinating story. It's a prayer. It was an unspoken prayer, the cry of her heart. Well, this comes out of Steps to Christ, out of that chapter on page 64. It says, prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. As to a friend. If we will open our heart to God, as we do to the closest ones around us, we'll have actual conversation. In fact, that's what Delano White says. We need to have something actual to say to him about our everyday life. Not just treating him like, The Santa Claus in the sky, please help me, help me, help me, give me, give me, give me. We need to have some actual conversation with God and invite him into our existence, into the fiery furnace, okay?
1: because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program. And, and, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. I, I brought this guy in. Um, he He's um, not somebody that we had uh, going already, but um, I brought one guy in. He, he should, You should be hearing him by now. I don't know. Are we, are we on? Yeah, if we could get just a little more volume, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Just even a little more volume would be fantastic. Thank you. I'm kind of maxed out here. There we go. This guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSRBO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. But that's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? slowed down and put in sync with each other it's not a real groovy crowd i know but i I know where i am but it's kind of groovy if you hear it and some of you want to nod a little bit but you don't know if that's allowed at a reform meeting and so um you just do as the spirit leads but isn't that cool that's just two pulsars and so we're going to put the uh millisecond guys in there The ones you just heard, here they come. this and you just got to know this is unedited we just dropped this on and this is what happened this is what they might be seeing (laughs) and <laughs> where
0: privilege of being at that particular Louis Giglio presentation and as the stars are giving praise to God joined by whales I just fascinating and there's maybe a thousand people in the auditorium singing how great is our God you can't help but give him praise And recognize that He is King and King, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is the one who sustains us, died for us, fixes us up, is in the fire with us. And we just need to return praise and thanksgiving to God. And that's really, you can singing that we were doing earlier, that's prayer. And this type of prayer where we come before Him in humility. Um, is is also a, a form of prayer. And, and we're focusing significantly on prayer uh, for the next uh, a bit. And it, our church retreat will be all about that. But sometimes we... I'm challenged with the idea that sometimes we become so casual that we've lost the urgency, the value, the importance of prayer. And I'm not advocating that we do what I'm about to do on a regular basis, but sometimes it's remi- it's a good reminder to maybe think about how we did things in the past. Okay? We used to sing when the elders and pastors would come on the platform they would come out. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. I'm not saying we should do that, but there's some value to recognizing that we're in God's house today, in his presence right now. And we used to sing two songs, they would kind of change from year to year, maybe. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. We used to sing that as we would come into this time of prayer. One that stuck in my mind. Now, dear Lord, as we pray, take our hearts and our minds far away from the press of the world all around to your throne where grace does abound. May our lives be transformed by your love. May our souls be refreshed from above. At this moment, let people everywhere join us now as we come to you in prayer. Let's kneel and Kim's going to pray for us.
2: praise you that you don't stand there with your arms crossed, shaking your head and condemning us. You are standing next to us or kneeling next to us with your arms open wide, welcoming us. You don't condemn us, you love us. And Lord, we as erring humans, we so need to remember this. And we praise you that, that you are loved. Father, we praise you for the amazing gift of Sabbath, that we can come together as a family of God. That we can be in your presence, we can fellowship with each other, and Lord, we can praise you as a family. Father, you tell us you inhabit the praises of your people, and so we praise you for being here with us in a very, very special and mighty way. we ask that as Don shares the rest of this message, that it will resonate with our hearts and that, Lord, each one of us here will get the message that you brought us here to hear. It may be completely different than the neighbor sitting next to us will hear, but, Lord, we will get what you brought us here today to hear. And, Lord, it's not for us alone. As you fill us and you overflow us, Lord, help us to remember that you are asking us to be your vessels, your hands, your hands your heart to those around us. Help us to to be willing to share that in whatever way you ask. We know that you will empower us. We're not expected to do it on our own, but we are expected to act on your words. Father, there's so much turmoil going on in the world right now. I know even in the midst of all the fire that people are walking through, they can feel your presence and they can feel your peace and so Lord, we just pray a special, special blessing not only over the people in Ukraine and the, the people in Russia and, and all of the, the spaces where there is real war, but Lord, even here in our own country where there is so much turmoil, so much strife, so much heartache maybe even in our own homes Lord, I pray that every heart will feel your presence. Every heart will feel the drawing. And Lord, that we will all respond. That we will all come into your presence moment by moment. Thank you for the love that you so lavishly give upon each one of us. to live in that. As a holy, righteous, and redeemed child of God. Amen. Amen. You can go
0: do that. So, prayer. Prayer is that potentially powerful resource which we possess. We're going we're gonna to look at that, um, talk about some of the nuances of what happens when we pray. But it is a resource at our disposal. In fact, uh, God wants us to petition him and use this resource. But do we fail to realize or respond to this potentially powerful resource? If we take time to, to pray, or are we too rushed in our day to prayer, that's the last thing we do. After we've tried everything else, then we pray. Well, what if we did prayer first? Okay, Like Spurgeon uh, said, I might have shared this last week, but Charles Spurgeon said, you know, we say busy, 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 I don't have time to pray, when actually prayer saves time. You know, Martin Luther said, you know, I've got so much to do today, I've got to spend three hours in prayer. Um, So they've made prayer the first thing. The darkness of the evil one encloses those who neglect to pray. If we're not spending time in prayer, if we're not elevating our minds on heavenly things throughout the day, the devil will take advantage of uh, that situation. This is in Luke 22, and um, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples, and in the the middle of this conversation, he says to uh, Simon, 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 Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, this is from the New Living Translation, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon that your faith should not fail, so when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brethren. See, Jesus knew something that was happening behind the curtain. He knew that Satan was wanting to stir up and sift his disciples, and he particularly wanted to get to Simon Peter. There's something unique about Simon Peter. And Satan wanted to take him out. So as Jesus is talking to them and he predicts that Peter will deny him, he reminds Peter that there's this thing going on behind the scenes. But I have pleaded in prayer for you. Jesus, in his quiet time, was interceding on Peter's behalf. Amazing to think that the Lord of the universe, on his way to the cross, was taking time to remember all of us, but particularly Peter in this example. See, we see Peter caught in the crossroads of wills. His will, Satan's will, God's will. Jesus knows something about Peter and what's happening behind the scenes. Jesus is interceding for Peter as the great controversy is being played out in his life. The great controversy, by the way, is going to get played out in each one of our lives. We often tend to think of it as this cosmic global ideology, which it is. But that whole cosmic global ideology of the great controversy gets played out one by one in each person's life. We need to be praying for each other like Jesus was praying for Peter. We need to intercede for other people we know who are struggling. It's what God calls us to do. See, prayer is at the center of the great controversy. If you want to get up to speed on some of this, you can get a little book called Last Day Events. Probably have some in the library. And you can read the the pin of inspiration about some of the things that are going to be happening in the days in front of us or days right now. But you're going to find a small group of people, according to the last day events, who are gathered together in prayer. And they are praying. And the description is there's all kinds of hell breaking out around them. But they are praying and angels are there to protect them. It's important that you get involved in a small group. We met with small group leaders last night. It's important that you get connected to a small group so that when lockdowns come again, which they will come again, you have a group you can get to or talk to. You've developed a relationship with people who can pray for you or you can pray for them. See, if you again, if you read... Some of the material that's in the library, like last day events. This edifice is not what we're going to be meeting in, in the last days. You're going to be meeting in home churches, under bridges, maybe subways. Oh, that sounds like Ukraine. It's true. Out in parks, down by the beach, up in the mountains. You need to be with people you trust who can hold yourself and them up in prayer together. In the great controversy, there are fundamental principles we must understand as we pray. There's fundamental principles that come into play. There's dominion. So you go to Genesis, you can see here, you know the story, and God gave Adam and Eve, humanity, dominion of the earth. He said, take care of it, nurture it, be fruitful and multiply and subdue it. So the earth was our place of human dominion. Let's take a look at Psalms 115. We'll we'll grab that on your smartphone or in your hard copy either way. Psalms 115 verse uh, 16 One fifteen sixteen says the heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth He has given to children of men. So the heavens are the Lord's; the earth He has given to the children of men. God doesn't dictate. Now if you, you think God dictate, we can we can have a, another private conversation on that. But there's this thing called free will, freedom of choice. God doesn't dictate, he delegates. And the amazing thing about God is that when man sinned, he relinquished human rulership of this earth, and it was abdicated and given over to Satan. Jesus regained this lost world through his love, sacrifice, and his blood. But he gave it back to humanity As their domain. That's interesting. I've I've invested in Satan's Ponzi scheme. I've taken all of heaven's glory and treasure. And I give it away to Satan. And he loses it. I'm lost, broke, despot. God comes, restores, and says, here, you can have it back amazing to think that God is that full of love but let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 verse 14 there Second okay, Corinthians 5, verse 14. For the love of God compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer to themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet not we, yet... Now we know him, no long, this thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Verse 18, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You see, we are Christ's ambassadors. If I sign up and say I'm a Christian, I'm a Jesus follower, I'm a Jesus freak, then that makes me an ambassador of God. And me, for me to be a good ambassador, I need to know about God. I need to study His Word. I need to learn about Him. I need to be able to tell other people about him. I need to pray for them. Just like he prayed, chapter 17 of John, is the prayer that he He preached. I don't pray only for these disciples or these here. I pray for all who will believe in me through them. So he even prayed for us. And that's what um, he calls us to do. The earth, in Job 1 and 2, we see that the earth is that territory in dispute. Satan goes to the uh, sons of God, we're gathered in heaven, and Satan shows up, and Jesus asks, so where, so where you been? Oh, I've been walking around earth. See? And Jesus says to him, <coughs> have you noticed my friend Job? <laughs> and Satan goes, oh, yeah, I know Job, man, that guy. You bless him. You do all, that's why he honors your name. So he knew Job. Satan knew Job. Satan had tried to get into Job. But Job was following God. He was protected. We've read the story. It's an amazing story. and uh, But it tells us that the earth is that territory in dispute. And we've read in Psalms 115 that humanity has been given Dominion of the earth. We read that in Genesis as well. So when we're praying, it's not foolishness to pray for the weather. It's not foolishness to pray that um, a storm may blow by a particular place. I know this is in Oshkosh. They had that during Pathfinder retreat there one time, and it passed by. I may have shared what happened in, in Dominican Republic when we were there and um, really needed it to rain on a particular day, and God brought rain. Not for my glory, not for the people at Oshkosh glory. It's for his glory. Okay? We are asked to have his moral authority, to be his moral authority here on the earth. God wants his children to stand in the gap. We're going to look at uh, some passages regarding that. This is in Matthew 28. You've heard this before in the, in the Great Commission. But look at it. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We do this because he has all authority. All authority. And he gives it to us. He said, go and do this in my name. We sang a song about Jesus' name. It's because he has authority. Okay? Teach the disciples to obey all commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Look at Ezekiel 22, verse 30. He's lamenting here with Ezekiel, and he says, And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. He's lamenting that he couldn't find anybody to intercede on behalf of Israel and the land of Israel. He found no one. We, we talked about this last week with Abraham and Moses being God's friends. And now God comes to Moses and says, "And tell you what, those Israelites, I'm done with them. okay? We're just going to destroy them. I'm going to start over with you." and Moses says, "Time out, God, I know your heart, and that's not your heart. So repent. He actually calls God to repent from wanting to destroy the children of Israel and God says scripture says God repented God today wants us to stand in the breach and pray for each other pray for our community pray for our leaders in the church in the community pray for each other stand in the in the breach make a difference through prayer James five sixteen says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. Can we be righteous in and of ourselves? No, we can't. It's not about you right there. It's his righteousness that fills us up. We pray in his righteousness, not our righteousness. Because we can't. Our righteousness is as what? church. Filthy rags. It's not our righteousness. We're praying in Christ's righteousness. And the prayer of a person covered by Christ's righteousness has great power. You can stand with the authority of Christ and pray. There's an organization uh, just south of us called Operation Rolling Thunder. I'm tempted to contact them and, and see if we can work something out. But they go into communities and they get churches of all denominations to commit to praying for 30 days in their community. And what they do is they go meet with the police and fire and, and the mayor and they gather research on the demographics and the things that are happening in the community. And they begin to pray and they see statistical changes in sexually transmitted diseases, in violence, in crime, and overdose, and suicide, whatever. They see those statistical changes. And at the end, they hold it before the uh, leaders of that community and say the power of prayer has done this. It's called Operation Rolling Thunder. I uh, need to reach out to them. I think it would be quite amazing to participate. I know in Spokane, I had just left Spokane um, that year. They did it in Spokane, so I wasn't able to participate. But the prayer of a person who's covered with Christ's righteousness has great power. You might want to watch before. If, if you don't get into a small group, take the book, read the book. But also watch, um, come on, Warrior. Help me out, ladies. Prayer Warrior, the one has, yeah, that movie. Um, War Room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, I knew someone would come up with it. War Room. I tell you, that's just that'll move you right there. Then they go to buy the, you know, the guy buys the house because she's selling the house, and he goes into the closet, and he can just feel the Spirit of God in there. It's just like baked in, I think, is what he used. Prayer of a righteous person, a person covered in Christ's righteousness has great power. Then I saw, this is out of Revelation, then I saw seven angels standing before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Now, this in context is coming out of the seventh seal. And there's probably a little bit of debate. I don't want to get into that, but we might just be in the seventh seal. And uh, the seven trumpets are about to sound. Next verse says, And another angel, this is referring to Jesus, came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he gave and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. I'm going to try. Um, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. All right. right, I'm Yeah, okay. I'm going to go back to that other slide in just a minute. So this is the scene being described. You can see this in... Revelation chapter 4, chapter 5, it shows up again in chapter 8. So you see the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth is standing there at the throne between the seven golden candlesticks as is described in Revelation chapter 4. And we have this rainbow of emerald that surrounds the throne, and we have these four creatures going back and forth and back and forth, and we have angels times thousands times ten thousand times, who knows, unnumbered. Amount of angels, and we have these twenty-four elders around the throne. <clears throat> and in chapter four, we see that the the twenty-four elders are holding censers, and they contain the prayers of the saints. So now think about it. We just had prayer here corporately. Where did that prayer go? It just went out into nowhere. Or did it go somewhere? It went right there. It went to the throne of God, into the center of the 24 elders who are presenting them before God. These are people who've walked in our moccasins, who've lived on planet Earth in different generations of time. But that's where the prayer went. It says the Holy Spirit has to interpret it because, you know, we're sinful people. But the Holy Spirit interprets that. It goes there goes before the throne, and they're singing, holy, holy, holy. They're singing. And our prayers go into this atmosphere of praise before the throne. And they go, wait, 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 wait. Mount Vernon is having prayer right now. Let's listen. Let's listen. They're praying right now. Or in your closet, you're praying for somebody, and your heart is just breaking. It goes right there. Or maybe you're just rejoicing because God is, is answer to prayer. Or whatever it is, this is where it goes. And this is a little picture that kind of tries to just give a depiction of it. When we come to chapter 8, you see Jesus is described not as the Lamb, as is depicted in this, but as an angel standing there with a censer that has the prayers of the saints in it. And judgment is reaching its apex. And he comes into the most holy place of the sanctuary, and he's standing there um, with the prayers of the saints. Um, Those are covered with his righteousness. And judgment is about to come to its apex and commence, and this is where it goes again. Okay. Okay. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before the God from the hand of the angel. That's what happens when we are praying today, right now, at home, on the road, whatever it might be. That's where your prayers go. See, that's why prayer is important. It's not just a passing thing. Uh, Thank you for these bananas. Amen. That goes there, too. Okay? Okay. Because he did provide the bananas. But Lord, be with, I'm going to just say it, Josie Schmidt right now, who's battling heart disease in her 20s. Parents are aching right now that their daughter is dealing with this. Those prayers from not only the parents, but whoever the parents reached out to, you know, people that have met last night, people that met at school board lifting up Josie, They all go there. They all go there. And there's probably, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just guessing, there might be one of those 24 elders that uh, was healed of a disease while they were on planet Earth. Who knows? But it goes there. Lord, help me. Just that kind of a Peter prayer when he starts sinking in the water. Lord, help. That goes there. Whatever it might be. That goes there. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you a story um, because I think some might need to hear this. So a number of years ago, I baptized a man named Eric. Eric struggles with a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. There's too many pathways that he had kept open for the, the devil, and those things had, had gotten closed up, and he would made a decision to follow Christ. We baptized him. And things were going along fairly well, until he Satan begins to attack. You understand that Satan will attack you when you commit to spending time with Jesus in Bible study and prayer, and that happened to Eric. And those old pathways were opened up again, and uh, he had a, a, an intense satanic event. He showed up at the church office in Friday Harbor, and you could just you just knew you could feel it feel that Satan was there, and, and, and he wasn't himself. You look in his eyes, and there was it's not Eric. And we spent, well, I'll go to this next slide. Nope, other way, sorry. We spent pretty much all day praying. I had one of my deacons who happened to be there come join me because I didn't feel safe being with Eric. Eric. Tried to kill a couple people at one time. And uh, so I had one of my deacons there. We had people outside praying. And I finally went, looked Eric in the eye and I said, you going to pray? You're going to pray? Just pray right now. You pray right now. And he began to pray. And it was the most foul-languaged prayer you'd ever heard. I mean, foul language. And, and the deacon who was with me had lived a life very similar to Eric. And had used many of those same words that Eric was using in prayer. And we got done. And he was calm enough then that we were able to move outside the church. And there was a group of people outside praying. And I motioned to, to one of them there. And, and they came and began to serve and mentor and pray with and nurture Eric. It was a whole church event kind of a deal. That, that it was just all, I'm going to put in a quote, circumstantial. Okay? It would appear that way from the outside, but it wasn't circumstantial. So I went back in. I'm talking to my deacon. I said, how you doing? He goes, man, can anyone pray like that to God? And I go, now let me be serious with you, Bob, for just a minute. Have you ever thought those prayers, those words to God before? "Mm -hmm, Yeah. I said, Eric just spoke them out loud. You think God's big enough to handle that? I think he is. It went right to the throne of God. And God began to hear the cry of Eric's heart that he couldn't articulate. I mean, think about the stories in Scripture of demoniacs. Yelling and screaming, but Jesus knew their heart. They couldn't get it out, but they had shown by their action they wanted to be healed. And Eric came to church on a Tuesday he actually ran his truck into a pole, okay, and came into this. And we were there working around the, I don't know why we were all there, but we were there, I think community garden. And he came in, and this whole day took the rest of the day. It wasn't circumstantial that he had had an episode and ran into a pole right there at the church. Um, so we prayed, and Eric prayed. And there was some restoration that took place. We need to continue to pray for Eric because he battles those old connections um, moment by moment. Push. We need to push. Pray until something happens. We need to pray. Pray that God will break through, whatever that is. We need to pray. And if we understand and know that our prayers go to the throne of God, keep praying keep praying keep praying till something happens whoops so here's a here's a picture of what happens when we pray and where our prayers go and i want to just encourage you to take more time to pray simple prayers deep crying prayers pray. We're going to talk about different ways to pray in the days ahead, but we must understand that our prayers don't go and bounce off the ceiling and come back down. Satan wants us to think that, but that's not what happens. You have a God who listens, a God who ran, a God who cares, and a God who acts as we come to him in our prayers.